definitely for first-time home buyers, I would suggest you buy units, live in one at least for a year, and then rent the other three and let them pay for your mortgage on your property, plus you're creating a revenue stream. Best ever listeners, before we get into today's episode, I want to ask you, do you have a strategy right now where you are getting leads that come into your inbox while you're sleeping? Do you have a strategy where you are optimized with both Google AdWords and SEO, search engine optimization? If not, then guess what? Today's your lucky day. We've got a free strategy session just for you, and it's with Dan Barrett. If you recognize his name, he was a guest on episode 565, and he is the only certified Google partner agency that works exclusively with real estate investors. Go to adwordsnerds.com forward slash strategy and get a free strategy session to learn with him how to implement an online strategy for your market in both SEO and Google AdWords. Go to adwordsnerds.com forward slash strategy. Best ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate podcast. We're going to be talking about lending today because with us, we have someone who has over 20 years of experience in mortgage and the financial business. How you doing, Alex Joyner? Hello. How you doing, Joe? I'm doing well and nice to have you on the show. Alex is a senior loan originator at Mountain West Financial. He's based in Phoenix, Arizona. And as I mentioned, he's got over 20 years of experience in mortgage and finances. So with that being said, Alex, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? Like you said, I've been in the business over 20 years. Uh, after 15, you just don't count anymore. You know what I mean? But um, I started out in a wholesale business, wholesale lending, been in banking for a while throughout different areas of banking, but uh, did some commercial. And then after the 2007, 2008 crashed, I actually went to work for Wells Fargo a little bit. And then just in the last five, six years, got back into the business. So how do you make your money right now? How do I make my money? I make my money by originating loans. Basically, originating is being the loan officer on the individual loan purchases or refis. And do you work with primary residences or investment properties or both? Work with it all. Purchase, refi, primary residence, investment properties have some hard money, commercial type of stuff that I do on the side too. So kind of work the whole VA loans, USDA loans. So kind of work the whole gambit of real estate lending. You said you do some hard money commercial lending on the side. Uh, can you elaborate on that? Well, I have some direct lenders that lend on, or investors, basically is the word, that lend on commercial property and also hard money lending for people that have some recent credit issues that the normal regular lenders just can't deal with in regards to their credit and where they have the property or the equity or the asset and just need a lender that can kind of look past all that stuff. Don't have the normal documentation to work with. When you mentioned you do some hard money commercial lending, that means in that case, you're the go-between where you match up the borrower with the lender. With the investor. 
That's exactly correct. right, 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 right. With, and I have I work with two investors, and I've worked with them for a few years through my contacts and stuff like that. So you're able to develop those relationships mm-hmm. and be able to get things done. On the hard money lending, where you work with the investors who are lending to individuals who might not have as good of credit or whatever their circumstances, compare that to the type of lending that you do for the more traditional primary residents and then the investment property loan. Which one do you personally make more money on? I make more money on just the regular normal deal, but... A lot of the differences to me, it's just about helping the client and getting it done. And I may make a little money or I make decent. I never make a lot, but you may make a decent amount. The hard money deals, they're quicker because they don't look at certain stuff. It's more of an equity-based loan. So either if it's a purchase, the buyer's putting a lot more down because normally on those types of loans, if it's commercial property, the max a lender is going to lend is 65% of whatever the, the purchase price or the value. If it's a residential, you might be able to get the lender to lend 80% of it, where you still have to put some 20% down or 25% down, but they don't necessarily look at the credit of the client. It really has to do with the asset. And if something went south, what's the equity in that for them to grab if it happens to go the wrong way in regards to the properties? And the more traditional lenders, obviously, it's a process that takes a little longer and you got guidelines and, and you're a little bit more strength, more of a, of the buyer. The, yes, the equity, the property is important, but in the beginning stages, it's, it's really about the client and the borrower. If this borrower is a capable of a mortgage from a responsible mm-hmm. point of view, those are some of the differences. This might be too broad of a question, so feel free to narrow it in scope. But what type of loan is the best for someone who has a W-2 job, found an investment property, is looking to get a loan? What would you immediately think of to recommend? Well, if they are able to put the money down, and depending on what kind of property it is, the traditional way is the best way. On investment properties, you're putting 15 to 20% down, in some cases 25 if you're starting to get to the units. But single family residents, and obviously the rate's going to be better. So if they can qualify for a traditional loan, that's what I suggest because the hard money stuff, the interests are usually much higher. But in some cases, that may make sense. And you're normally putting more down. So it just all depends on the credit worthiness of the buyer and how much are they able to put down in regards to investment property. Do you find that the the lenders that you work with are usually local to the market that the investor has the property in, or is it more geographic agnostic? In regards to investment property? Yeah, investment properties. Well, all the investors that I use right now are, is local to the market. So they, they understand it, they get it. They might lend, at least the ones I work with are pretty much just lend Arizona and California. So I want to make sure you and I are speaking the same language. You said investors. And when I'm thinking hard money lenders are investors in, in that case, but I'm talking about actual investment properties. So working with like community banks and credit unions, do you work with those institutions as well? Or do you just work with investors? 
Well, here at Mountain West, we do investment property through our own traditional loans, okay? So wherever I'm licensed at or wherever we're licensed at, we'll, we'll do whatever. But as far as when it comes to the hard money lenders, the ones that I deal with are only Lynn in Arizona and California currently. Got it. What is your best real estate investing advice ever? Like I'm working with a couple of buyers that are looking for investment properties. To me, right now, I would say if you're looking to buy investment property units, if you can buy multiple units rather than single family homes, you're going to find yourself in a better position. Uh, from an equity and investment point of view, from an, a revenue income point of view. So anything that you can get two units or more because you're figuring out one and a half units is normally going to pay for your mortgage. But if you're a first time home buyer, not necessarily suggesting that you buy an investment property. Definitely for first time home buyers, I would suggest you buy units, live in one at least for a year and then rent the other three and let them pay for your mortgage on your property. Plus you're creating a revenue stream. So I think that if you're going to be a first-time home buyer, is a great suggestion in that area. What type of mistakes do you see applicants make whenever they're going through the process? And I'm not talking about the hard money. I'm talking about people who are buying an investment property through a traditional mortgage. Just not doing their research, you know. Before you buy it, do your research, not just on the property, but what the current market rents for create that budget of knowing what you're dealing with and what's your overall plan. I think when you're buying investment property, you need to at least have a plan before you purchase the property on what's your purpose of purchasing that say property and what's your overall long-term or short-term outlook on that. Well, what are you doing? You purchase the property. A lot of people are doing the buying the property and then renovating. So if you're doing renovation, if you're doing a rehab process, and then going to sell it, make sure whatever you're doing, you're going to be able to get that somewhat equally in your value when you're selling it. Just make sure you're doing your homework and that's before you purchase rather than rather than you're in towards the end of the process and you just got to just do your upfront stuff, due diligence. And for the most part, even with the area you're buying in, all that stuff, because whether you're renting or planning on selling, what's your overall plan? And really analyze and checking those numbers, making sure they work for you. A lot of people don't do that. They're kind of getting caught up in the, there's a rehab boom and all that other stuff and not really kind of breaking it down and making sure that it's going to work for them in the end. And does that disqualify them for the loan or did the underwriters just go back to them? Or is that just something they're kind of in trouble if they don't luck out once they close and it's not really part of the underwriting process? Not really part of the underwriting process. Just as long as they qualify and, and there's no issue with the property. The problem is, is after they close, we had a customer, they decided to pass on the house inspection and they bought it and they found out there was a lot more issues than what they thought. They just didn't do their due diligence. So, and those are some of the problems that you come up with especially when you're buying investment properties or any properties for as that go, but definitely investment properties. Make sure you do your due diligence up front, analyze and make sure things are going to work for you, whether it's the numbers or the property in itself. And make sure you get an inspection. Don't pass on that. Make sure you get it. And a home warranty. Make sure you get those things because all those things protect you financially. I understand it's the what if, but you know what? A lot of what ifs happen. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, it seems so obvious to make sure you have an inspection and get a home warranty, but I've interviewed people on the show who have not gotten an inspection for whatever reason, and that was one of their biggest mistakes on a deal. So yeah, definitely best ever listeners. Make sure we always get an inspection when we buy a property. Are you ready for the best ever lightning round, Alex? Absolutely, sure. All right, first a quick word from our best ever partners. Not only has he managed to flip houses like burgers, he's done it with almost no money or credit. Flip Houses Like Burgers by Nasser El Arabi is a step-by-step process of wholesaling and flipping, and you can buy it on Amazon today. Flip Houses Like Burgers. Best ever book you've read? Best ever book I read. The Bible. (laughs) I'll put it that way. Best ever personal growth experience, and what'd you learn from it? Personal growth experience? Um... I would say between 2007 and 2010, I lost $2 million in investments and and money. So I learned that don't put all your eggs in one basket, diversify. Can you get specific? Like what happened? How'd you actually lose the 2 million? I had primary residence. I invested in a builder. We're building up north. I had a house up in Sedona area. So I was invested heavily in real estate, whether it was my own property or investment property or builder or stuff like that, but it was all in real estate for the most part and basically lost it all. The builder went belly up after a year. We were trying to struggle and get through and we built a development up north and I was a partner in that. My other partner, we had some stuff in a mine and some investments in property back in the East Coast. He died. He had a heart attack in 2010. So I lost him because of just the whole stress. So that's pretty much what it is. I just lost and learned all at the same time. And, and that was a, a whole life experience. Very traumatic, but God brought me through. But I learned a lot. How do you keep your mind and emotions strong as you're going through the process where you're losing the $2 million? Well, the only thing I can say is my faith and trust in God. But at the time, it was hard, man. I mean, I cried many tears and I just wanted to give up a lot of the times, but I think just the thinking of my daughter, I'm a single parent and, and my daughter at the time, I think she was eight or seven or something like that. So just having her and knowing I needed to be there for her and need to make it through and I didn't have a choice to give up and just prayer and faith in my Lord Jesus Christ. At times, man, screaming, just angry at myself, but he brought me through. And when I look back on it, I just like, how did I get through that? Because I know a lot of people have killed themselves. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. That's as good as I can say it, I guess. You kind of mentioned this earlier, but I just want to make sure I have it captured with my notes because I'm taking notes for this. If you come across a challenging situation again, what will you do differently? Or if you come across a similar scenario again, or an opportunity that didn't go well. How do you know not to get into that this time? My past experience. First of all, like I said, don't have all your eggs in one basket. Diversify. Don't panic, because when it all happened, I kind of just lost it. I mean, literally, I just like here I'm standing, and I couldn't believe all this is happening. It's just one after the other. And then during all that, my grandmother, my she was more like my mom, she died. So there was just all these life events just hit me one after the other. And I kind of got in a depression mode for a little bit there for a while, actually for 
probably, you know, as I look back on it for at least three, four years, I was in shock, but not to panic, come out with a plan really quick on how you can minimize whatever the little damage that is provided, but to definitely diversify, don't have all your eggs in one industry, create multiple streams of income. So when you have down markets, you at least have a continued flow of study income. And to me, that's what you did. On the flip side, what's the best ever deal you've done? The best ever deal I've done? In regards to what? A real estate deal. A real estate deal. As for as money or just for as just period? However just you want to money. interpret it, whether it was maybe your first one or your last one or maybe the deals that didn't go well because that helped you get to where you're at or one you made the most money on, however you want to go with it. I find that I have the deals that I really are excited about is the deals where you get a lot of people or at least they went to two or three lenders and they said, oh, we couldn't do it. And you were able to find them at that time that they were at their lowest. They think they weren't going to get a home. And because I'm the kind of guy that's been in this business for a while, and I've seen pretty much all of it, that you're able to think out of the box, help put the deal together. And then in the end, you close it and they're just like ecstatic and happy. And they're basically crying because it was a journey for them too. And they got a home for not just for their family, you know, normally they have kids and stuff. So I think that's where I find the most joy in regards to this business. What's the best ever way you like to give back? Not just through my church, but I, this business to me, I feel I give back. Sharing my knowledge with some of the people that's in this industry that they don't really know and not really looking for money from them or anything reciprocal to giving them this information and then helping clients. And I may make a little money, I may make a lot of money or I make no money, but I'm more my object is, is more of getting the job done. And as far as the money goes, that is secondary. Yes, I want, I'm making a living, but that's not my driving force. Make sense? Makes sense. What is the best ever way the best ever listeners can reach you? The best way? Yep. It's always yep. my cell phone. My number is 480-270-1062. Alex, thank you for sharing your heartfelt advice on the challenges that you've come across during the recession and how you overcame it, how you thought about it. That just one, you said having faith. And then two, you mentioned thinking of your daughter. So really thinking of the inspiration for why you're doing it and why you must continue and I think best ever listeners, when we come across situations, it's important in this case, as Alex has illustrated through his own personal experience, to have faith in the process or in a higher power, however you want to approach that. I'm not one to speak on that. But then two, think of the inspiration for why you're doing this. Make sure you keep your why in front of you, for sure. Yeah, we'll do a lot more for others than we will ourselves. That's for sure. And if it's involving others that we love, then that's going to bring us outside of ourself and really help with the perspective. So really grateful that you shared this with us, Alex. Thank you also for talking about your lending experience and the different loans and the research that you recommend. So thanks so much for being on the show. Hope you have no a best problem, ever Joe. day, Thank you. Alex. And you we'll, we'll talk to you soon. Okay, you have a good one. Thank you, Joe. Not only has he managed to flip houses like burgers, he's done it with almost no money or credit. 
Flip Houses Like Burgers by Nasser El Arabi is a step-by-step process of wholesaling and flipping, and you can buy it on Amazon today. Flip Houses Like Burgers.